Father in heaven, we thank you for bringing us to this preparation day, preparing for the Sabbath when the sun sets, preparing for the close of probation, preparing for death because it can come at any time, preparing for your soon return. Bless us now throughout this midday power surge. Revive, reform, open our eyes. Save us, we pray. And may we be found doing aggressive evangelism in these last days of earth's history is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to this midday power surge, your spiritual oasis on this pilgrim journey toward heaven. All right, friends, this is January 17th, Friday, 2020. Welcome, Charles, Ray, Patricia, Carla, Ruta, Purple. All right, all right, safe. Okay, it's coming. Welcome, one. Welcome all to this midday power surge. Friends, this is a life and death message for today. Please, please pay attention. As I always say, I'll say it again. If you're multitasking, I ask you in the name of Jesus to focus. I was focusing and reminiscing on the goodness of God, his words of Revelation chapter 3. The message to Laodicea, that our only hope is to have a clear view of our standing before God. That's our only hope. Our only hope is to have a knowledge of the nature of our disease. I am sick spiritually. You are sick spiritually. We must see our need. Our need for the great physician, Jesus Christ. Our need to become converted. And the Bible tells us in Revelation 3, verse 17, that we are blind. I am blind. You are blind, says Jesus. And what is he offering us in verse 18? I salve that we might see. First, that phrase, he wants to anoint my eyes, anoint your eyes with salve that we might see. That one phrase caught me off guard, as it were. Thinking, what does God want me to see? What does Christ want you to see today? January 17th. And friends, I'm going to share with you a few things. Number one, he wants us to see or a need of conversion. Do you see your need? Do I see my need? And secondly, he wants us to see the mark of the beast is right upon us. Time to get ready. Three, he wants us to view current events in the light of Bible prophecy, the double lenses of the Bible and the spirit of prophecy. He wants us to see, number four, the second coming of Christ is even at the doors. And here, number six, he wants us to realize and to see that we could have died in 2019. We could have died. So number seven, what does he want us to see? Question, why has God allowed me, allowed you to be alive in 2020? Oh, friends. He wants us to see something. Seven things he wants us to see. But before I get into that, 
I want to segue into these current events that show the mark of the beast, the close of probation, the second coming of Christ. These things are near. Take a look. All right, friends, January 16th, 2020. Christian Post, it says, why it's important to celebrate Religious Freedom Day. Yesterday, Thursday, January 16th, is annually called Religious Freedom Day. And what I'm going to share with you is that they're calling for religious freedom. And friends, they should, from one perspective. But based on prophecy, they are going to append the very principles that they are promoting, i.e. religious freedom. Take a look at this. It says in 1993, it was President Bill Clinton who began the annual tradition of proclaiming January 16th as Religious Freedom Day. And in the same article, Thomas Jefferson is quoted, stating that in the U.S. Constitution, that statute ensured that no man shall be compelled to frequent or support any religious worship, place, or ministry whatsoever. In other words, government could not force citizens, could not force, again I say, could not force citizens to support a different religion or church through attendance, through attendance, friends. But what does the Bible say? Based on Revelation 13, verse 11, verse 12, verse 15 through verse 17. Matthew 24. In an hour that you think not, the Son of Man comes. First Thessalonians. For when they shall say peace and safety. Ah, sudden destruction is coming, friends. On yesterday... President Trump launched officially policies to secure prayer in public schools, religion in public schools. Uh, and this is trending. Take a look. All these uh, news outlets, Trump strengthens protections for prayer in public schools. And friends, every time I address these matters, the cynics, the skeptics, the scoffers normally ask, Pastor, do you not want students to pray? Do you not want staff and faculty to pray? Oh, yes, I want them to pray. Oh, yes, I want them to have Bible studies. Oh, yes, I want them to be religious and be spiritual. Oh, yes, I want them to become converted. But there's a time and place for these things. And the public school should not be turned into public church. The state should not become the church. And when we see this, it means, based on prophecy, church and state union, which will birth a Sunday law and birth persecution for God's commandment keeping people. If these things are clear, say amen in the forum. All right. Again, Betsy DeVos, DeVos Trump boosts school prayer, faith groups, as he rallies his base. All these here, my friends. Christian Post again. There it is. School prayer. All right. NPR. 
Trump defends school prayer. Critics say he's, he has got it all wrong. Look at this brief clip. Uh, we are gathered in the Oval Office for the National Religious Freedom Day, something very important and very special, and special to me and the people that are gathered around me. This afternoon, we're proudly announcing historic steps to protect the First Amendment right to pray in public schools. So you have the right to pray, and that's a very important and powerful right. There's nothing more important than that, I would say. A right to pray in public schools? I want to ask you a question. Before Trump made this statement and put forth these policies yesterday, was it a right? Did students have a right to pray in public schools? You be the judge as I lay out the juxtaposition. Look at this. Take a listen. From CBN News, also from NPR, in 1962, SCOTUS, the U.S. Supreme Court, banned school-sponsored prayer in public schools. Red words. But students are allowed to meet and pray on school grounds as long as they don't force others to do the same. Listen, friends. 1962, the Supreme Court banned public school-sponsored prayer while allowing students to privately meet and pray on school grounds. Federal there it is, my friends. It's clear as day. All right? So that means there is a sinister plot going on. I'm telling you. Wake up, friends. Look at this. They're telling us that Trump's policies, rhetoric, and sentiments all point to his re-election. He ran on this to be reelect to be elected rather in 2016, and he's beating the proverbial drum to get reelected. The event shoring up support among evangelical Christians ahead of the 2020 election. Franklin Graham tweeted, Thank you, President Trump, for protecting and empowering the right to student-led prayer in schools. A new Quinnipiac poll revealed 77% of white evangelical voters approve President Trump's job performance. Demes All right, friends. And where are these things tending? What is the spiritual trajectory or what is the trajectory based on the spiritual word? We are told in Review and Herald, when we see these things, it's time for aggressive evangelism. In America, friends, in North America, South America, in Africa, in Asia, in Australia, in Europe, if anyone lives on Antarctica, it's time for aggressive evangelism. Evangelists should be finding their way into all the places where the minds of men are agitated over the question of Sunday legislation and of the teaching of religion in public schools. It's because our people have neglected these providential opportunities to present present truth that burdens my heart and keeps me awake night after night look at this my friends all right cbn news now friends please if you're slouching please sit up please take a look at this now friends this is cbn news david brody giving a report from what trump did yesterday 
in the Oval Office or prayer into public schools. Listen to what he says. Listen to who he says is actually behind these policies. Basically implying, I am not conjecturing, basically implying that Trump is simply a figurehead. He's on the puppet master string. Listen. All right, Ben Kennedy at the White House, thank you. And here with us now is CBN's chief political analyst, David Brody. Mm -hmm. David, you were there in the Oval Office today. Tell us what that was like. You always need to be in the Oval Office that many people of faith are very concerned about. President Trump has made this a signature issue of his administration. Can you expand a little bit more on his support for religious freedom? Well, sure. I mean, there's so many different, I mean, everything from the UN, that big UN religious meeting, religious freedom meeting that he held, it was the first of its kind, John. Uh, and then you have the religious ministerials at the State Department. You also have actual action, the DOJ going into court and, and putting the weight of the federal government behind cake bakers who, who want to have that right to bake a cake without the religious liberty being infringed upon. And also the Obamacare. So friends, understand this. This is not only one policy, i.e., prayer in public schools, but all the other policies, uh, projects, movements, and agenda. Listen to this now. And they'd be able to opt out. And where do you think this is coming from? Is the president pushing this, or is this coming from Vice President Pence or Mike Pompeo? That's a really good question. So I think if you just look at it as a diagram, I think this is like the nerve center of Trump kind of DNA, like a logical thing. He doesn't really see it in faith terms as much as he sees it like this is like stupid. You know, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. And then you have the Pence and the Pompeo and others kind of filling in the evangelical and faith yeah. dots around him. Uh, David, how would that Does that make sense? And they'd be able to opt out. And where do you think this is coming from? Is the president pushing this, or is this coming from Vice President Pence or Mike Pompeo? That's a really good question. So I think if you just look at it as a diagram, I think this is like the nerve center of Trump kind of DNA, like a logical thing. He doesn't really see it in faith terms as much as he sees it like this is like stupid. You know, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. And then you have the Pence and the Pompeo and others kind of filling in the evangelical and faith yeah. dots around him. Uh, David, how would that? Ah, oh, friends, notice now. Let's take a look at Mike Pence, pardon me, and Mike Pompeo, amen. Mike Pompeo, what was his prior career and office? He was uh, the head director of the CIA. This headline says BB BBC News, he was uh, ex-spy master, CIA, a spy agency. And what are we told in the book, Great Controversy, page 235, the Jesuits, act as spies upon their masters, upon the nations. Am I calling uh, Mike Pompeo a Jesuit or no? But Mike Pompeo is also a Catholic, staunch Catholic. And remember, CIA means Catholic in, uh, Catholics in action. Don't forget that. Notice, my friends, and it is the same Mike Pompeo who said, in order to promote religious freedom. We must allow the Catholic Church to have a central role. This is the person behind Trump's policy. So could Mr. Trump be a puppet on a string? Look at it now. And the same Mike Pompeo said that America and the Holy See must form and an unbreakable alliance. Right there on the screen, my friends. Read that. And notice, what more? What can I say about Mike Pence now? In the limited amount of time I have. 
By the way, let me say this. January 16, 2020. Headline, Mike Pence to meet Pope Francis in the Vatican on next week. In this article, the write-up, not much was given on what they will talk about on next week. However, in this article, it, it quotes Callista Gingrich, U.S. ambassador to the Vatican, who says the primary agenda item is to have religions to form a fraternity and that there will be no separation. Where are we, my friends? And here it is, the same Miss Gingrich. What is she pushing? It's clear. U.S. and Vatican Alliance. So when David Brody said, it's Pence and Pompeo and others who are formulating the policies and President Trump is simply putting ink on paper. What time is it, my friends? Look at the screen. Is there a crisis nearing? Look with me at 2 Chronicles 20. What else does God want us to see? Friends, Jesus is telling us the crisis is nearing. Persecution for God's commandment-keeping people. However, he doesn't want us to be trepid. He's calling for gallant Christians. In 2 Chronicles 20, the Bible shows us a crisis among Jehoshaphat and Israel. Three powers were coming against them. The three powers in the last days. The dragon, the beast, the false prophet. We are here, my friends. And notice in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 11, verse 12, the Bible tells us this about the eyes, the prayer of Jehoshaphat. He says, Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. O our God, it's a prayer. O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. So where must our eyes, upon whom must my eyes, your eyes be focused on? Jesus, friends, they are preparing for the last great crisis. May I give you one more scripture? Go to 2 Kings chapter 6 and look with me at verse 16, verse 17. This is Elisha. And when the crisis was nearing, the servant of Elisha was trepid. But what prayer did Elisha pray? Oh dear God, open the eyes of my servant that he might see. That's Revelation 3. I want to anoint your eyes with eyesalve that you might see. Look at 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 16. The Bible says, And he answered, Fear not, my servant, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Verse 17. And Elisha prayed, midday power surge, and said, Lord, I pray thee, Open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened 
the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Open your eyes. What do you say, my friends? So what must, oh, my friends, I was going to say, what must be our prayers right now? We should never pray the same prayer. Two scriptures have just furnished us matters, words to pray. Second Chronicles 20, Second Kings. Go to Numbers 22 with me. My friends, here's the question. Why has God allowed me, allowed you to be alive to see 2020? Number one, he wants us to see that we could have died in 2019. Look at Numbers 22. Christ wants every one of us to study the account of Balaam. Where was Balaam going in his rebellion? What was Balaam about to do? Many of us were living like Balaam in 2019. A professed child of God prophet of God, but rebelling against God. Did God try to awaken Balaam, to lead him to repentance? Or even the donkey, the ass he was riding. God was trying to wake us up in 2019, yet many of us, like Balaam, were still rebellious. Look with me at verse 31 of Numbers 22. It says this, watch carefully. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and his sword drawn in his hand and he bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. Verse 33, the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, I would have slain thee. Do you know? The seven churches in the book of Revelation, chapter 1 through chapter 3, that Balaam is also mentioned. The church of Pergamos. What does God want us to see? We could have died in 2019 and died lost. I want to anoint your eyes with eyesight that you might see. So what must be my response? What must be your response to God now since we could have died? Lord, thank you for sparing my life. Give me now repentance. Give me now compunction for sin. Go to Proverbs chapter 3. I am addressing the eyes. 2020 vision. The year 2020. Proverbs chapter 3 verse number 7 says, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Psalm 119 verse 18 says, Open thou mine eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of thy law. Go to Ezra chapter 9 with me. Beloved, it's time. Ezra chapter 9. The Bible tells us the anointing of the eyes, it represents revival. Ezra chapter 9, look at verse 8. And now, and what was the work of Ezra? Leaving Babylon to return to Jerusalem. What's the application? Leaving the world. It's time to return to spiritual Jerusalem. What is that? Zechariah tells us, Jerusalem shall be called the city of truth. All right. Ezra 9, 
Verse number 8, And now, for a little space, grace hath been showed from the Lord to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a nail in his holy place that our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. The anointing of the eyes, oh friends, is revival from the bondage of sin. Verse 9, for we were bondmen, yet our God hath not forsaken us in our bondage, but hath extended mercy unto us to give us a reviving for what purpose? To set up the house of our God, to repair the desolations thereof, and to give us a wall in Judah and in Jerusalem. What scripture comes to your mind? What text comes to my mind? He wants to anoint my eyes, your eyes, revive us. For what purpose? To rebuild the house of God. Repair something. Amen, my friends. And what else? It says, and to repair the desolations. What text comes to your mind? Those of you in the forum. What is that scripture? Daniel 9. Isaiah 58, go there with me, my friends. So here's the answer. Why has God allowed me and you to see 2020 to revive us, reform us, to do the work of Isaiah chapter 58, the true fast? Verse 6 through verse 14. And what do we find, my friends, in verse number 12? And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places, raise up the foundations of many generations. They shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorers of paths to dwell in. Verse 13, to honor true Sabbath keeping. Verse 14, the promise of the heavenly reward. Why has God allowed me and you to be alive in 2020? That's the reason. A purpose for living. So who has been listening to Satan to commit suicide, to give up? No, my friends. There's a purpose to live. Go to verse 7 through verse 11 now. What must we do in 2020? The true work of evangelism. Dealing your bread to those who are hungry. Covering those who are naked. Those who are cast out, bring them into your home, your spiritual home. Then verse 9, verse 8, when you call, he will answer. While you're speaking, he will bless. Is that hope, my friends? Is that a spiritual surge, midday power surge? Your health shall spring forth speedily. That's hope. The glory of God shall be your re-reward. Your darkness shall turn into light. What shall I more say? Send in your prayer requests. Father in heaven, we thank you for midday power surge. We thank you for showing us why we are alive in 2020. Thank you, dear God. May we not forget this midday power surge may it leave an indelible mark upon our minds save us answer our prayer requests your way in your time in the name of jesus christ amen
Maranatha.